2: Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like.
1: Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I found-
2: It tame and tame and tame again. Break up the music! Charge it!
3: Brentford's UK garage smash and grab at the Etihad, cottage pie for our sins, the most comprehensive post-defeat fronting up in Premier League history, Peter Drury's quadruple alliteration, confused baby-related goal celebrations, World Cup snubbings, squad announcement graphic layout woes, a definitive exploration of footballing huffing and puffing, and Jonathan Pearce digs deep for a new variation on the Top at Christmas concept. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 208 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me are my A-team. First of all, Charlie Eccleshare, how's it going?
1: Very well, how are
3: you? Yeah, not too bad. Manchester and Dublin
1: this week as the Football Clichés live tour rolls on. Excited? I really am. I'm really, really looking forward to it. It's mm. sort of the closest approximation I'll ever have to like a rock star lifestyle. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yep. I mean, you know, train up rather than a private jet, but we can, but dream. Yeah, just been finalising our rider for the Dublin show. <laughs> yes. And I,
3: I just I think just, I couldn't bring myself to be any more showbiz than saying, just a, just a couple of beers would be fine. Thanks very much. See you later. Bye. Bye. Sandwiches, maybe, <laughs> if that's, like, that's not too much trouble. I don't <laughs> know. Awful. I haven't, I, haven't, fine. I haven't got the mentality for it uh, at no. all, but um, David Walker's ego perhaps big enough. How are you doing, Dave? I'm very good, yeah. Um, looking forward to politely applauding Guardian Football Weekly as they pick up their Podcast <laughs> of the Year award tonight as we record.
4: Yeah, an experience I'm very familiar with over the years. I think it's mm. been the sixth or seventh time I've watched them go up there and collect it. I'm sure Max is primed and ready for the live uh, FaceTime from mm. down under Mm. From a, with a slightly half-cut Barry Glenn Denning on stage. There's a prediction. And we, and we wouldn't have him any other way.
3: No, no, it's, it's almost uh, FSA Awards tradition, and that's fine. We don't want to step on anybody's toes. Um, we've got a lovely little tidily formed adjudication panel for everyone tonight. First of all, this is from Dan Keyville. It is quite simply Sam Matterface doing Sam Matterface things.
2: Just give everything to try and break down Brentford, who's basically been so solid at the back.
1: Uh, Bremford are the so-solid crew, but there's more than 21 seconds to go. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> Stop <laughs> that, that, Sam Face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It,
3: it, it just feels right at the centre of um, of the
4: matterface universe, Dave. So-solid crew reference. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he couldn't resist, couldn't mm. help himself there. I don't I don't know, I don't know if we if we'd let the clip play on whether we would have heard Mickey Gray chime in with a with a bit of the rap or or his own <laughs> reference or did it just go straight over his head maybe
3: elsewhere at the weekend other curiosities included Charlie rugby league at the Emirates That mm. feels massively incongruous
1: i was saying this yesterday it looked i think there's rugby league at Arsenal on the Saturday and then rugby union at Spurs on the Sunday and there's something very particular about seeing stadia that you're very familiar with, yeah. and it, a difference. But it just feels—I don't know. There's there's something so subtly weird and wrong about it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm not going particularly big picture here, Dave. I'm not. I'm not saying there's some sort of class divide that suggests that rugby league shouldn't be played at the home of um, uh, red wine and um, whinging the Emirates. But um, it, it just in a pure sporting sense, it, it just it just felt very jarring.
4: It is quite incongruous, isn't it? So this was for the World Cup, right? It Was for the rugby yeah. league? Yeah, World the Cup? semi-final. Yeah, it, it does have a peculiar relationship with London. You know, you know, obviously a very very northern sport, very even very particular parts. Of the north as well, and Mm. yet it has this long tradition of like Wembley, the Wembley final, that's true, yeah, change cup, yeah, and that sort of thing, which is a little bit strange. But I am, I don't know, I'm more in favor of rugby league at football stadiums than I am union, just I don't know why. It's a bit of a Michael Cox esque irrational hatred of rugby, to be honest. um, rugby it has got um, a really football-y vibe. It's, it's
3: yeah. almost, like, mm. almost at the same sort of tempo, I think, which maybe Better. does lend itself. Yeah, yeah. the crowd can kind of engage with it in exactly the same way. Rugby Union, it's different it. type of
1: chanting. Some good overlap as well, places like Wigan that I only know from Rugby League and football. Mm. They kind of seem to coexist quite happily. But also, Dave, you said like very specific parts of the North. That is true. I mean, places like Widnes. I only know from rugby league. Uh, I just can't imagine that in a non-rugby league
3: contest. Widness is just pro-evo Wigan, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: the the, the Widnes blue and white. We've
3: it's lost so large famous. swathes of the northwest ahead of our trip to Manchester already. Anyway, this is one Out of Head of our trip re- to Widness. <laughs> I really enjoyed this tweet from Chris, who said, an interesting take on For My Sins, as my partner tells me what we're having for dinner later... She texted him, I'm afraid we have leftover cottage pie for our sins. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> Dave this, is, uh, this is far too small a matter for, a, for, a, for my sins.
4: <laughs> uh, does she know? Does this person know about us. Is, it, is this a genuine in the wild for this, our sins? not rule it out.
1: The sense I got was that it was a genuine one. It wasn't a knowing for my sins. That
3: would make more sense. But then there's a there's another kind of Occam's razor explanation for this uh, from podcast regular Nick Miller, who implied it could simply have been an autocorrect situation, Charlie. Uh, she simply wanted to say for our dins. For our Right dins. next oh. to each other on a keyboard.
1: Yeah, yeah I know. I, that makes sense, I saw, because well, why when, would you say it? <laughs> otherwise. I don't know. Is, <laughs> but is... Is there, is there a food stuff or a meal? I mean, would you say that we're having pizza for our sins because pizza's quite indulgent and sort of that's quite heavy?
3: Angle. Yeah, it's the only angle you can go for, unless you're going like proper sort of to town, I don't know, Bob Bob Ricard on a Monday night or something. <laughs> that would be very for our
4: sins. That window into your world there.
3: Yeah, well, anyway, good to know that we're living rent-free in the operating systems of smartphones. <laughs> uh, anyway, right. Uh, always enjoy a Premier League soundtrack of booing on a winter's late afternoon. But this this was great. This is Everton fans booing off. Their team at Bournemouth, but uh, conspicuous mainly for its isolated enunciations of booing. This is great.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> that not, just,
3: not just Charlie, the isolated, you know, single acts of booing, which is always a fascination of mine, but it was, they, they weren't even kind of boos. They were just, just the word boo, yeah. uh, which I think is the most fascinating example I've ever heard.
1: I can see where they're going, though, because sometimes it doesn't quite convey, you know, it's not a spitting noise, it's quite drawn out, and that can seem sometimes unsatisfying. So I think they're, they're trying to circumvent that with a sort of more spitting staccato boo. Yeah.
4: The guy who was booing there, he's done something that I... You you would think that's actually sort of impossible. The word "boo," he still managed to say it in a Scouse accent.
1: Yeah, yeah, <sighs> it's incredible, that isn't it? Never heard, never heard "boo." Like "boo" is normally immune to accents or Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Mm. and accent not, proof. Not really booming enough either for you Know to perform
3: the function of a buoy, yes, yeah. so it was like a, a boo
1: <laughs> very, boo. very strange just a boo,
3: just a very neutral boo. Um, <laughs> gotta got work harder on that if you're an Everton fan, surely. And they uh, get I a mean, lot of
4: practice, yeah, exactly. They really are the kings of the booers.
3: On the other side of the uh divide here amongst the players, um, there really could only have been one man to do the post Bournemouth defeat fronting up, mm. and it was Connor Cody, who, um, who's Whose mid-range earnestness we have noted on this podcast before, but here he is, all two minutes of Connor Cody after the Bournemouth defeat, edging ahead of Harry Maguire in the fronting up rankings.
5: Nowhere near good enough, it was nothing. That represents an Everton team, represents Everton Football Club, represents our supporters, nothing. So, long, hard look in the mirror for every single one of us who who plays for this football club, because it was nowhere near good enough. Personal pride standards that we set every single day in, in training we, we have to set standards every day in training it's not just about today it can't be anything to do with the manager his staff it's nothing to do with that it's up to us as players to set standards and our personal pride in what we do every single day we don't have that at the minute so we need to look at ourselves long and hard in the mirror because it was shocking it was nowhere near good enough from our point of view so I've had a long talk in the dressing room in terms of what's going on and what needs to be done and we need to look at ourselves so nothing to do with the manager nothing to do with the staff it's up to us as players to, to look at ourselves in the mirror every single day and give the best of ourselves every single day again I go, I go back to every single day it's not just about today it's about every single day in training making sure we're giving the best of ourselves and at the minute can we say we, we're doing that I don't really know but do we have to start doing it of course we do it, I'm, and I'm, I'm quickly massively short massively short because this is Everton we've just said in there like it's, at the minute it's too easy to play for Everton Football Club this is Everton Everton Football Club, who over the years has fought for Europe and been in cups and done all these sorts of things, and this is Everton, and we're not representing that at the minute as a team, as a club for the supporters. We're not representing that. So, like I said, there's a lot of looking at ourselves. I don't know what it is, but we need to look at ourselves and quick because we don't want that. We need to make sure we're not doing that for them supporters. who are travelling every single day to travel to watch us play down in Bournemouth, wherever they go in Newcastle, wherever that may be. So we need to make sure we're not there. So that's something we look at today, and we've got a lot of learning and a lot of learning to do quickly. Listen, the World Cup, really, everyone's been excited, but I'm looking at today. I'm looking at today. It's as simple as that. I don't look at anything else other than today. And today, for me, it'll, it'll take a lot, of time, a lot of time to get over, if I'm being honest, because that feeling out on that pitch at the end of the game was horrendous. I'll be honest with you, it was absolutely horrendous to see lads going over to support and support. and it's horrendous. You don't want to feel that as a, as a team, and we need the supporters behind us, but how can we expect them to be behind us when we're doing that? We can't, so, listen, a lot of A lot of learning. A lot of going back to the drawing board and looking what we can do and improve, and we'll do that as quickly as possible. Charlie, wow. it's
1: physically impossible to front up more than that. Physically yeah. impossible. Yeah, I don't think you can do it. There were so many. I mean, I don't know if you've crunched the numbers, but there are some. I mean, the, there are some extraordinary. There's some extraordinary data in there. I would have thought. What I lo- one of my favourite bits about it is the whole "this is Everton" thing because that is exactly how I think of Everton over the last sort of five or ten years. That they'll go and lose that kind of game and then complain about the fact that that's not what they're about. But it's been what they've been about for so long. Like, at what point is that not Everton?
3: This is the existential problem of being Everton, um, uh, Dave. I mean, they are essentially, the, the doldrum threshold for Everton is so wide that they are essentially always in the doldrums. And, and, and they rightly have pride in their existence. So those two things
4: combined mean that you're always going to have, mm. you know, we're Everton. We should be doing Yeah, absolutely. No, I think I think Charlie's completely spot on. But the way, obviously you've, the way you've edited there, like you've edited out the questions and it just, it went <laughs> on so long. It's, it's almost like he's talking to himself. <laughs> he's, he's just in the room on his own. just going, we're Everton. We're Everton. We've got to look in the mirror. So
3: I, I've crunched the data, as Charlie suggested. Um, uh, I think I've got this right. I mean, there's an awful lot going on in there. I mean, the, the day-to-day training ground stuff, which we haven't touched on yet. Mirrors, I, lots mm. of mirrors. Yeah, I counted four football clubs plus another two or three um you know pointed evertons which which is more or less an everton football club really mm. um three acts of looking in the mirror be it long hard or otherwise um, <laughs> um So there's a lot and then there's a A long talk as well. Yeah. Talk to yourself. Drawing board as well. Right at the end. That's a shitload of fronting up, post fronting up activity to be done, Charlie.
1: Yeah. I I half explained him to say that we had a long, hard talk in there, which I think if ever there was a time, I've never heard that before. But I imagine if if you were ever going to have a long, hard talk. Yeah. A lot was said. A lot was said. But that'll stay
3: in there. That'll stay between us. A a,
1: lot was said. A a lot of home truths were delivered. But they had to be. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot for of this football things. club, you know, we're not here to make friends. Yeah, extraordinary. All the stuff about learning as well was was a big thing, and that it wasn't just about today was a kind of key message I would say from that.
4: Get the vision of like from what he was so banging on so much about mirrors there, of like the whole Everton dressing room all sitting in, you know, in like a showbiz dressing room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All yeah. individually staring <laughs> at each just staring at themselves in the mirror all the way yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Well,
1: no. they just get installed at Finch Farm these like massive mirrors for them to just sit at in the dressing no stone was left unturned how everton turned their season around
3: yeah. i know it sounds like we're kind of um, picking fun at this and we are to an extent um i, I am as ever fascinated by the, the the patterns that emerge in all of this but i just i thought it was a incredibly saturated example of this phenomenon dave but, but above all of this is the fact that this this sort of messaging does work fans are to a certain extent placated by this you're a Watford fan. you have heard this before
4: mm. Definitely, William truester Kong has done this sort of thing a couple mm. of times. Also, mm. centre half. Both both of the last championship seasons, there's been a point of absolute dismal performance. Fans getting on the team's back, and both times he has been said to have got the boys together before a crucial mm. match, J- and just the players, not yeah, the staff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <That's> yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is it is a it's almost a preemptive strike, isn't it? Because you can't you can't criticise Everton any more or the players than what. Cody's just done. Mm. So it does sort of leave you nowhere to go. Um, you know, when the fronting up is done to that extent, what more can you really ask for? Brutal honesty there from Connor Cody.
3: Uh, on a lighter note, at St James's Park this weekend was Peter Drury. It's Megan Alvaro. Willock!
2: Hear that! Just hear that! One wonderful Willock Wallop. Gallagher's euphoria
3: (laughs) two things to address here Charlie first of all one wonderful Willock wallop um, is is an alliteration too far for me even for drury
1: yeah well it's four for a start normally you group those in three mm. if, if you're counted the sort of um
3: but, you know oral slinky. version yeah.
1: yeah yeah exactly even if mm. it's not I, it brings back memories actually of the uh that paul skulls just to enjoy which is one of my favorite drury uh commentaries yeah that's uh that is something. As you've said before, Adam, the alliteration is like a, a forward sort of sorting out their feet in the penalty box getting <laughs> shot away. It is, it is amazing how he, how he does that.
3: That's, and that leads me on to my second point, Dave, because um, a lot of what Drury does is tailored to the moment, tailored to the circumstances, tailored to the teams. And, and as in the case of that Willock mm. situation. But I thought right at the end there, the uh, Gallagher euphoria just, it sounded very off the peg, mm. didn't it? It's like, ah. Uh, uh, well, like and also
1: nostalgic. lacking alliteration, surprisingly. Yeah. May, maybe he, th- he thought he'd gone through the well to, too much.
3: The synonym synonyms for
1: euphoria. I mean, glory jumps out. I know yeah. it means something slightly different, but... Yeah,
3: it needs more emotion, doesn't it? So, maybe. euphoria synonyms. Any beginning with G? Uh, glee? But glee's not enough, is it?
4: Gallagher I, glee. I think that might work.
3: Gallagher-, Gallagher Glee. glee. Yeah. <laughs> gallagherk it works. Yeah. I'll let Drury know tonight at the FSA Awards. Right, next up, a question from Josh Cork. Um, Charlie, perhaps one for you, given your current life circumstances. He says, when a player is celebrating a goal by announcing their partner's pregnancy, why do they simultaneously mime pregnancy with the ball and suck their thumb? Are you the wife or baby? Always irks me. <laughs> I, I never thought about this.
1: Which one are you? But I've but I've thought this before as well. What do you I think the birth of a baby yeah, I, is more yeah, is, is more an appropriate time We than, should factually address this. No, no
3: players doing the sort of twelve week mark goal celebration. No, this is a this no. is a post birth situation,
4: right? Well no, I think that has happened. There was one last season where I remember a player you doing it like a size four ball for that. And go up in sizes as you go as you go through the the trimesters. <laughs> yeah, each trimester. It's complete bollocks. What about what gender reveal? Goal celebration? Yeah, you do. Oh. do yeah. I mean, that that is something that will happen one day, when
1: <laughs> Harry Kane does gender reveal in the uh, Amazon All or Nothing. Not during a game, it should be said. But um, yeah, I, I mean, but but there was one because it, it was a player who it's did it. It's a boy, <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful baby boy, bouncing. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> a A Blackburn Boy. Like, there was one where he did the player in question did it and then like six months later was off after the birth. So, you know, you track it and it was about he was doing it at the time of the twelve week scan. Which wow. is that's novel. Yeah. You know, it should be you know, if you think of Babeto, that was surely the birth of the child not the uh, not the reveal. that's 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 too much too many increments
3: involved yeah, in that come on. but but yeah but yeah good spot josh something that really should be addressed a, a, a curious weekend for the premier league this was essentially the world cup send off weekend without really having the kind of lengthy month in between that we'd normally get um i took it upon myself dave to to draw up a definitive list of Premier League goal scorers who were celebrating their World Cup call up, slash sending a message to national coach X after their World Cup <laughs> snub at the weekend, became a somewhat more precise science than I expected. So, here, well, let's go through the list of Premier League goal scorers who were in and around the World Cup reckoning and decide where, whether they indeed fit either criteria. Ivan Tony was hit were either of his goals an act of
4: sending a message or responding to his World Cup snub. I think the scoring two at the Etihad to win the game is the general performance if not, you know, the goals were were sort of relatively run of the mill, weren't they? But that performance is very much sending a message, and because he was the early game as well, he, he, he could have one eye on the fortunes of Callum Wilson later on. For example, yeah. if he gets injured,
3: and and Charlie, oh, I, it superseded the 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 kind of circumstances which those goals were scored. It was it was a, a huge Premier League upset. Um, you know, the narrative was was right there in front of us, and and it, it, there was still talk of Ivan Tony in England. So I I think it's I think it's uh, it gets oh, in there.
1: I'd go further. I'd say that's the perfect response mm. to um the snub, you know. It's not just any old response. That is the perfect way to respond.
3: The problem is, the ingredient that seems slightly dodgy here for me is: was it much of a snub? Was he really? It, I mean, obviously, at the top of the spectrum, you've got Gascoigne hotel room snubbing, and then right at the bottom, you've just got someone who who was never really in the oh, no no. Ruben Loftus cheek, for example. I mean, that's mm. that's not a snub, is it? So where does Tony fit? I'd say in that, the snub I'd spectrum. Say it's,
1: I'd say it's enough. Like there was because he was. I'd say yeah, he was being talked about. When the squad came out, he would have been on the list of... I'd take him. X, Y, Z pick as
4: <laughs> ABC Miss Out. Yeah. He would have been in the ABC. Well, he, he is good at penalties.
1: Great at penalties. As we, as we
4: must remind everyone.
1: Also, his celebration very much spoke to the idea that he thought it was a snub. You know, because it was the kind... You know, wasn't it the sort of fingers in the ears, I think, and this yeah, sort of thing? You're
4: right. um, you're right. um, uh, but I, But I don't think it really counts as a snub because he, i think i think he's only ever been in one squad he didn't get on the pitch when he was in said squad and for one game he didn't even make the bench It was a long shot at best it's not yeah. really a snub i mean i do
1: like the idea of describing him as the most run of the mill england player as a bit you know as if it were a snub you know you talk there about Loftus cheek but going you know how far down the list you go but yeah. you know, something like Aaron Creswell responds to World Cup snub yes. by setting up West Ham goal
3: you wouldn't rule out the use of that word i mean it, it does get thrown around willy nilly but um I mean, there's still a small chance that Tony ends up in Qatar you never know um England mm. can can replace anybody in their squad through injury right up until the eve of the game i think so uh Still a chance, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Phil Foden is that a celebration of being selected? I think it is because he's young enough for it not to be like a given in his life. He's not seen it all and done it before.
4: Dave, I think this is a celebrating his World Cup call-up. He was a <laughs> shoe in, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say he was such a shoe in that I don't know. It might it might be something that the commentator. A commentator could sort of reach for it, just as a bit of a sort of slightly newsworthy, relevant sort of line. But I don't think it really makes sense.
3: So, but Charlie, mm. how much? How much does um, definitely being in the squad anyway contribute to this? Because I think you know, if you know, if it's just a throwaway thing,
1: well, and he celebrated his World Cup call-up by uh, scoring the equaliser at the Etihad. Yeah, I don't. It jars a bit. I think if you were to do that, you'd have to say something like, "Not a bad week for the twenty-one-year-old yeah, he scores yeah. here and uh, it's uh, and gets his first goal to the World Cup so squad." I think you'd best. have to be fine. It would have to be more jaunty. I think, okay. yeah, the spirit of Celebrate School-Up would be more for your Madisons, your Ben Whites, your Borderlines.
4: OK, let's keep the bar high then. But it, um, it, 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 this does highlight how unprecedented this situation is, because literally we would never have had this before, right? Because when would a normal World Cup squad be announced? Well, immediately after the last last game of the season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, that's you, true. You could have had like maybe someone like, um, you know, a Michael Ricketts could have celebrated his England call up after he mid-season. scored a goal. Yeah, mid-season mm. ahead of mm. an international break. But like yeah. you've never had a World Cup to celebrate on the pitch before in that way. Yeah,
3: that's why it made for such a fascinating day of study. Kiefer Moore. Yeah, Kiefer Moore, Charlie. I'm, I'm guessing you're not having this because, again, he's a mainstay of the world squad. Probably, uh, probably in the starting lineup too.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's, uh, yeah, the, the, the pure celebrated his call cool up. If you're just going to go, if you're going to be that concise, then I think it does have to be more. It was a surprise. There was cause for celebration. You know, like on the other, the extreme, Harry Kane, he's not going to have been, obviously that's like taking it to the nth degree. He's not going to have been like fretting, waiting for the call. Um, so
3: yeah, we, we can take Harry Kane out of our list, is that safe to say? Roberto Firmino, who wasn't selected by Brazil Dave, scoring for Liverpool against Southampton. Is that response? I mean, maybe yes. we don't need to use the word snub here, but responding to not being in the squad, showing that manager what he's all about, That's that counts. I think so,
4: but ha- how long has he been out of out don't know. In the picture? <laughs> don't know. (laughs) No, he,
1: he, he's, Firmino's perfect. He was like the last man out and M- Martinelli sort of came out of not came out of nowhere but he was the one people were surprised got in Firmino was the one who's dropped out so that would be a perfect one I think you know he's uh, resp- you know the perfect response to to being dropped
3: um, OK I think on, on the basis of our logic so far we can rule out Darwin Nunez two goals for Liverpool against Southampton Harry Kane of course Ben Davies I mean 74 caps mm. he's not celebrating a call up is he uh, Rodrigo Bentancourt again a solid option for sure. Uruguay so it's no issue James Madison
1: though Stonewall abs- yeah he He's, he's the epitome of this he really is he really, and then really went really
4: off is. didn't he with an injury he did yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: I mean I tweeted and you might have other suggestions I thought that was the most who else but goal of the season yeah. so far I yeah. mean that was such a who else but hmm. um, just you know he's both in form and there's a great Narrative subplot.
2: Oh yeah, I didn't. It, think it had, had to be him. Aspect.
3: Oh yeah, no, fair play. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. If anything too too well. Um, Alexis McAllister for Brighton and, and Argentina. That's that's a good one, isn't it? That's he's essentially the Madison figure. Um, Seems so. In, in, a, in a kind of stature. So I'll take that. Danny Ings not being an English squad but scoring twice for Aston Villa. <laughs> oh, I'm not I'm not
1: sure. No, not sure. No. He's
3: gone. Right, he's out of the picture. Yeah. Um, Christian Eriksen for Denmark. Again, I mean, no. No. Dan James.
1: I think he's to too, he's too establish. Yeah.
3: And the only name left is Alejandro Garnacho, who wasn't in the Argentina squad, but he's clearly too young to be sending out any sort of message
1: to, uh, to yeah. uh, the top brass. He's in the, has the, you know, the World Cup's just come a little
2: bit too soon. For yeah. him.
1: Listen, he'll, he'll have plenty more to cut, just, just a little bit too soon. I, like, I love a little bit too soon.
3: <laughs> Excellent. Really love. That. Anyway, we're not off to Qatar. We've been snubbed by the Athletic Squad selectors. But we are off to Manchester, of course. That's tonight at New Century Hall, if you're listening promptly enough, and Dublin's Liberty Hall Theatre on Wednesday night. If you want to join us, you've still got time. Just go to myticket.co.uk or just Google Football Clichés Live and join the hordes of other Football Clichés fans for our delicately prepared show. I'm really happy with the running order now, Dave. I was scared about it pre-London. And now I think we've got the best cross-section of the Football Clichés experience possible.
4: Well, yeah, I think the, the people of Manchester and, and Dublin and the surrounding areas are in for a treat. We've basically had a dress rehearsal. Uh, well, not, oh, not that we approached it in that way. Slightly
3: <laughs> insulting to, uh, yeah. to our core fan base, but still. Uh, but yeah, we are
4: we are speaks more Speak to our lack of professionalism in the fact that we didn't have an actual dress rehearsal <laughs> yeah. before the first show, but yes. Yeah. But.
3: No nerves here. We're going straight in and we're going to be great. Hello there. This upcoming World Cup, what are the athletic going to be doing about it? Well, I'm James Richardson and every night I'll be hosting a Totally Football show with the likes of Raphael Honigstein, James Horncastle and the rest of the Totally crew. Then every morning from Qatar, wham, the Athletic Football Podcast will be at you with David Ornstein, Matt Slater, Adam Crafton and many more. There'll also be World Cup content from Adam Hurry's Football Clichés Podcast, Michael Cox's Insightful Athletic Football Tactics Podcast and Joe Devine's TIFO Podcast with all the stories that matter. From Qatar. All in all, The Athletic is your essential audio
4: companion for the upcoming World Cup.
0: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more, looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone?
3: Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask me.
0: You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
4: This episode is
0: supported by season three of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? is Welcome to Wrexham, premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu.
2: Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés.
3: Right, welcome back to Football Clichés. Now, question from Emma Levin. Charlie says, following the World Cup squad announcements where every country seems to take a different approach, can we have a ruling on whether wingers should fit in the midfielders or forward Mm, section of the graphic? It's very troubling. I like this. Brings out the proper football madness in me. I mean, I've never been a huge follower of the kind of proportions you should have in different areas of the squad position-wise, but... It, the four three three era and everything that's come yeah. after it has really complicated this
1: I, I love this question and it, it's one of those where we're just so in sync with our listeners because this is exactly what I thought when I, I was someone kept DMing me all the squads I don't really know why I did it but it was really <laughs> handy <What is> <laughs> so so thanks for, yeah, thanks for doing that I assume he was doing it to many people but it was great but so I kept seeing these Not, obviously no consistency across the board and yeah a lot of play and you're like why is this being done a team's doing it because they want to have an even spread so they feel they should like you know they don't want maybe you you know, they don't want to send out a message that their squad is top heavy or something like that. But lots of, you know, like Mason Mount, and I think I've seen him described, dif- you know,
4: differently in mm. lots of different... He's um, the one. He's perfect. more
3: midfieldery than forwardy, though, surely.
4: He, he he wouldn't, the thing, I suppose the distinction is he wouldn't play either side of Harry Kane, would he? He, he would always be a number eight sort of type, wouldn't he? I don't know, you know he could a, do a, it I don't know, I think, I think in Southgate's view, he has played as a kind of front, front three before. In my mind, growing up, Looking at all the squad announcements for the tournaments and the, and the discourse around it, it was always, do you take four or five strikers?
3: Yes. I mean, I mean, clearly doesn't apply anymore, but that is the absolutely traditional old school dilemma. Four or five. It's so right. But yeah, they were centre forwards basically, or maybe odd support striker. But this is kind of an FPL style dilemma. I mean, I mean, you know, Salah was a midfielder in FPL last year. This year, maybe still is. Still? Yeah. yeah, never I mean, been
4: a forward. I mean, I mean that's but then Marcus just... Rashford was a midfielder last. Is a midfielder. That's Rashford a is a midfielder. It's just complete rubbish. It's complete rubbish. They know what they're
3: doing. They know what they're doing. Uh, maybe Charlie. Belgium's approach is the way to do it. They simply, they simply uh, graphically represented every player all in one big chunk, but in a rough order of attackingness. So they started off with the goalkeeper okay. and ended with Lukaku. Right. So
1: that's the way to do it, right? <laughs> That is, or that, that, that. Can you imagine the disagreements? Like, well, they probably didn't care as much, but if we were doing that, how much? better like, no, nah, he's
4: a little. He's, he's he's more a little adventurous bit more and forward-thinking than me. South Korea did like a sort of Mark Carey esque data analysis depth chart. Oh right. So with the actual formation oh. and the players oh, so, in so in the order,
3: establishing a hierarchy. Yes. Yeah. Well, wow. yeah. oh, that's not. not- sure that will do for squad harmony not known for their inviting, but we'll see how that goes um, harking back to last week's episode where we um, bemoaned Graham Potter's use of the phrase huffing and puffing Charlie Total Verbal writes in and wants uh, us to expand on this point he says what constitutes a huffing and puffing in respect to trying to attack the opposition to no avail I'm going to go with sideways passing
1: sterile domination yeah, but, yeah, yeah. a very bad ratio of possession to chances created mm. I think huffing, huffing and puffing there's a definite implication there that you haven't really create you haven't even really created much yeah you know because if you had you'd describe that in a different way you know it wasn't our day or etc mm-hmm. et etc cetera, et cetera. Huff, yeah huffing and puffing is just is, is not really getting anywhere
3: I think we're halfway there Dave I mean obviously you have you have to be the team in control of the agenda like you have the ball you're just not doing very much with it is there a physical aspect to huffing and puffing I feel like there there has to be sort of lots of energy lots of flusteredness going into it sort of need to chill out a bit is
4: that where huffing and puffing implies? Yeah. a a sort of inefficient sort of usage of energy, perhaps,
5: Mm. sort of running around
4: but not getting a lot done, really. But also, like, the huffing and puff. If you were to, if you were to sort of huff and puff in, say, like, an office situation <laughs> you, that would that would be like sort of being a bit petulant and Kicking a bit up a sort fuss. of moaning and oh, yeah. he's mm. sort of huffing and puffing again, and puffing not and getting his again. own way. But in this te- in this sense, it's more of described as we did our best, we tried, but today just wasn't we, our best wasn't good enough. We didn't really get going.
3: Charlie, who are historically the most huffy and puffy team you can think of? I'm thinking England in pretty much any tournament game where they've been forced to kind of chase it.
1: Well, also because huffy, we, we've we always been described, you know, we've wilted in the summer heat <laughs> and all of that. So I think that's kind of linked as well. You know, lots of huffing and puffing, but just... You know, is really it hot enough in,
3: in Qatar to wilt? Because I hear a lot about the heat or the, you know, the more temperate climate in over there in the winter. I
4: haven't actually checked the temperatures. What are the temperatures in Doha? Is it wiltable? Ooh, that's a really good question. I don't think it's, it is. It is or Maybe it's today, the humidity. In Doha today, it is... 31 degrees. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Anything well above 28 is wilt. Humidity yeah. of 51%.
1: Hmm. It's interesting you know, on, on which teams. I mean, yes, sometimes they created a lot, but Graham Potter's Brighton, I think, sometimes were quite huffy and puffy. Oh, right. Yeah. They're they're
4: sort bit, of I, I do think an important bit for the huffing and puffing, Brighton, a team like Brighton, they're a bit too tidy and neat to be huffing. Huffing and puffing is like there's a little bit of a raggedness to it, a little so bit of a. Chasing balls mm, down cold de sacs yeah, is very mm, huffy and puffy. So, mm, yeah, yeah, basically.
3: Running the ball into brick walls. I, I kind of agree. If you're if you're too tidy a team that's still not getting anywhere, that's not huffing and puffing. That is looking a bit blunt, perhaps. You know, lacking, lacking. cutting. Yeah, yeah, yeah cutting exactly. Edge. I think that's different. I think that's definitely different. I think there has to be an element of basically we've run out of ideas here. But yes. We are. Yeah. Okay. On a similar note, the kind of grey area between what counts as as controlling a game and then really breaking through. This is very interesting. From Henry, here's a clip from uh, Liverpool versus Southampton. Here's Allison keeping the Saints at bay in the latter stages of Liverpool's 3-1 win at Anfield.
1: Whisked over towards Adams. What a save that is. A stunning stop from Alisson. He has kept Southampton quiet at times today.
3: Henry asks, Mm -hmm. Charlie, the commentator says Alisson has been keeping Southampton quiet with his saves in the game. Surely a goalkeeper can't keep a team quiet because the act of them getting shots off is being noisy in the first place. (laughs) Bang on!
1: Yeah, that is that is. Oh, I've never heard a goalkeeper keeping. Uh, yeah, he really kept him quiet. Yeah, that's a centre back's job or a defensive midfielder or someone. And often talks about an individual player as well as a team. You know, yeah, he's, he's really kept Salah quiet today.
4: Allison really had Jay Adams in, <laughs> Jay his, Adams back pocket in his back today. pocket. <laughs> uh, oh God, that would really
3: be uh, problematic. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't accept that one. Just as mark, as well. marked him out of the game. But a goalkeeper can keep a team at bay, right? Yes. Keep them at bay. Yeah, because mm. they're the last line of defence absolutely fine but yeah um, just the sort of subtlety we're after thank you Henry that was really really good right love this question from Andrew Howe Ely fast becoming a premium contributor to the the Mm. football cliches podcast he asks Dave does any current Premier League player have as much future interim manager energy as Adam Lalana? (laughs)
1: It's <laughs> a good shout, but I think we can do better. But he's, he's done Cody. it already, hasn't he? Is Cody hasn't, too has, obvious a choice? But hasn't Alan already done it? Oh, I think he, he has. I think he was in. He was involved when between Potter and Deserbi, He was ah. interim. You know, he was. I don't he think it's just him. No, he was just caretaker. He was. He was part of a caretaker
3: team, and that doesn't count as interim yeah. manager. So he needs like a lengthy spelling charge to the point where he might get asked if he wants the job full time. So
1: it's yeah. an extended yeah.
3: period. Defined.
1: But he's definitely shown. yeah, he's shown his uh his credentials already.
3: Interesting on this one, Dave. Like if you'd asked me this exact question maybe two seasons ago, I'd said, no, Adam Lallana's too attacking midfieldery for a start, too spindly, too, n- not enough physical presence to be a-, a leadership figure in that sense, even in an interim sense. But it's all gone out the window the last couple of years. Anyone can be mm-hmm. interim, anyone can be caretakers mm. these days. Well look at Gary O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean a scrappy midfielder, I mean he's got an engine. Yeah. It kind of counts.
4: But, I suppose so, but, um, yeah. but
1: yeah, I feel like Cody's too obvious a choice. Co- Cody is a good shout. I mean, if, if there, if, if you're a player and you're already going on Monday night football, as Cody has, mm. Yeah, You're already sort of talking earnestly about football, then it's, it's
4: not much of a leap to imagine them sort of performing that kind of role. It, the, the fronting up sort of interview, is already we've already basically already heard it on today's episode. You imagine yes. that first, we've not been good enough. But he, he, would, he would say exactly the same
1: things, but just transpose that to, look, I'm the manager, that's on me. You know, that yeah. sort of thing, rather than as he's doing currently, which is, no, it's on the players.
3: I'll, I'll do this job for as long as I'm asked to. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm not looking any further forward than that. But yeah, Adam Alana is is something of a good shout, despite Charlie Spanner in the works there. Um, interesting one from Matthew Arnold. Uh, I want to ask a question first. It says, how many ways do you think there are of saying a team is top of the league table at Christmas?
1: There, there are a couple that leap out. Mm-hmm. top of the tree Christmas number 1 good leading top the way four, going into the
3: festive period I mean I mean Christmas has an awful lot of second mentions available to it of course uh, over in Germany they um, they formalize it with Herbstmeisterschaft, which is autumn champions so that's a thing you can be the halfway champions essentially in mm-hmm. Germany um but of all the kind of vague ways that you can you can mix up the variables of being top of the league and Christmas time I never really considered this from Jonathan Pearce.
2: Ten of the last 13 sides, top on Christmas Day, have got on to win the title. But not since 1948 have Arsenal managed to hold on to the Yuletide Supremacy and take that crown.
3: <laughs> Yuletide Supremacy is going straight to DVD. <laughs>
1: Very good. That's so good enough because the clip there is right from before the game's even started. So it's not like that is a second mention, that is the first mention.
3: <laughs> Yuletide Supremacy.
1: Like, yeah, the battle for Yuletide Supremacy moves over to Molyneux. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Very Premier League, isn't it? Yuletide Supremacy. I love it.
3: I think it's got love some it. wonderful poise to it, Dave. And didn't, yes. it doesn't feel like a digging for second mentions either. It feels like he had real confidence behind it.
4: Oh, yeah, all for it. Really mm-hmm. good. Fantastic. Right.
3: Well, that leaves only one thing for today's adjudication panel. And that is Keys and Grey Corner. <laughs> right um before we get stuck into the audio delights of keys and gray this week um a surprisingly rare venture for us charlie into the uh into the richard keys blog which was hot off the press before we start recording today only one real item on the agenda and that was cristiano ronaldo's explosive interview (laughs) with piers morgan this is a stunning passage and so keysy as well (laughs) here we go Rarely have I read such self-centred, self-pitying tripe. Who on earth is advising Cristiano Ronaldo these days? Perhaps nobody, which is why he stumbles from one tantrum to the next PR disaster almost daily. Before I go any further, in case this blog somehow finds its way to him, I respect you, Ronnie. I respect what you've achieved in football. I respect that you've been the greatest player of your generation, proving what a talent you are in four different countries, ripping up record books as you went. Amazing. In case this blog somehow finds you.
1: <laughs> well, we found out last week or whatever it was that Cristiano Ronaldo does write an angrily to transfer mark. So maybe th- th- that's the next step is the uh, RichardJKeys.com. This was this was such a good blog by Kizzy, but what I loved about it was just how much contradiction. There is in this. So keen is he to sort of uh, belittle Ronaldo. He even almost offends Ralph Ranjic. Yes. And the man he dubbed Eric 10 months. It's amazing. You know, there's sort of the vault fast. And I love as well, there's a bit in it, he talks, (laughs) he basically says how um, Piers Morgan shouldn't have done this because Piers Morgan is a mate of Cristiano's. (laughs) And Kesey explains that, you know, I've got plenty of mates and I'd never hang them out to dry. Essentially just showing how much his sort of integrity goes out the window if it means like doing a favor for Brucey or Daisy but sort of presenting that as like a sort of a really good attribute that he
3: has he goes really hard Dave on 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 sort of how to be political and uh, and diplomatic with your pals in the media and if there's one line that could be taken out of context quite comfortably and just enjoyed in isolation it's simply the words i've never fried a mate <laughs> <That's> amazing <laughs> It's like he's being interrogated for a crime. So I'm not going to give you names. I've never fried a mate, and I'm not going to start
1: now. I've
2: never fried a mate. Where would I Where would Keys have heard
1: that term? Like he must have heard that from one of his proper football men mates. Yeah, exactly. He, 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 you can imagine me like I remember uh, Daishi's rule number one: never fry anyone in this game. (laughs) It'll come. It'll come back to bite you. Great stuff. I would recommend to anyone reading this mm. in full... I mean, it's another example. I've said this many times, but whenever now a big thing happens, one of my first instincts is, I can't wait yeah. to get Keezy's read on it. And this was one of those. It kind of it- helps me get my perspective on it, to be honest. <laughs> yes, it does,
3: yeah. He's bashed that out. A good thousand words in not very much time, I have to say. I mean, after, after brunch and then straight into it. Anyway, that was all just a preamble. Here in its now traditional slot is the latest Keys and Grey pod condensed into 100 seconds
2: my name is richard Keys, and my name is andrew gray and what a treat you're in for but i did that in singapore fuck all dropped my way in fact gareth southgate has named his squad mm-hmm. for the world cup brazil <laughs> <laughs> if, if you if you look into the minutiae maradona RGS, we we win that we win the tournament. Uh, Waddle's Wait, penalty, maybe. semi-final. We maybe. win that we win but the tournament. Beautiful. I don't want to hear footballs like, coming home. Oh, you'll hear it. All I right. do not Are want you to hear that song that? at any point. During I'll tell you the when tournament. it starts. The, the, it, it is so antagonistic to people that live and work abroad and and teams that don't understand. You I've always said this. It, it's a it's been a terrific song for those at home to to get en- behind, en- enjoy, get behind, understand the irony of the words. But yeah. but but abroad, outside of the borders of the UK, people don't do irony. They they just see it as as, as a. Hurricane arrogant, arrogant. No. bury it please don't play it, it enough um, Aston Villa paid Rangers 4.25 mil in compo <laughs>
5: after I asked
2: to Geraldine my wife I said what do you think of that there's like Thomas Hardy she thinks it's more like Oliver Hardy so um... <laughs> very good very good Geraldine lovely um... <laughs> anyway sun, you and I are going to fall out and I, he said to him, Well, why is that? And he said, Because you haven't had a kick. And I said, Well, it's down the left hand side the whole time. And he said, So it should be, son. He's a genius. And, uh <laughs> 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 but, <I'm good>. <laughs> <laughs> and but yeah we'll but leave I you we'll you leave so you martin go we've on. taken up too go much time on. already go Martin, thank, okay, you, go. thank you for your time have a good, thank have you for fulfilling our, our diary commitment and and thank listen, you we'll talk soon thanks martin
3: oh dear in, in between all of that mess uh martin o'neill telling the two most textbook martin O'Neill stories uh to keys and gray um i came stumbled across something of a, a dilemma that i should have had before charlie which is would richard keys be in favor of singing three lions and i it would have been on a right knife edge for me, so I'm glad to have that clarified.
2: I think I
1: would have said no because I think it's too. Because his thing now as well is how he's tried to because he's an exile. <laughs> he he's is. tried to like he's tried to present himself as a kind of uh, you know no, I'm I, it's not that I'm anti England. I'm looking out for the other you know everyone else in the world. That that joke of uh, you know not. More like someone with the same surname. Could not be more in their wheelhouse. I'm not sure there's a joke more guaranteed, more sort of a style of joke more guaranteed to make <laughs> it's, them it's guffaw the cadence than that. Of it it's
3: everything. It's, it's just so perfect. It's wonderful. Um, Dave, thanks for joining the education panel today. See you at the awards tonight. Thank you. Uh, good luck to us. Uh, well, doesn't really work now in retrospect. Charlie, let's bring our A game to Manchester and Dublin, shall we?
4: Absolutely. If we yeah. win, if we win, I will, I will record a voice note after we win and I'll edit it back in before the morning
3: good to see uh, Dave King of 2am voice notes I can confirm thanks for everyone for listening we'll be back on Thursday with the pure World Cup 11 see you then
1: The Athletic